So this podcast is brought to you through a partnership between Tennessee Early Intervention System and the Treatment and Research Institute for Autism Spectrum Disorders. My name is Mary Fleck. I'm the West Tennessee Early Intervention Coordinator um, for Triad. And today we are here with Sam Davidson. Sam is a speaker, author, and entrepreneur who tells stories that need telling in order to motivate others to change the things that need changing. In 2006, he founded Cool People Care, a media and merchandise company that has leveraged new technology to connect thousands of individuals to causes and nonprofits in local communities. Cool People Care's line of eco-friendly and cause-related merchandise has raised over $125,000 for causes ranging from disaster relief to hunger awareness. He has since gone on to co-found three additional companies, the most recent of which is Batch, a regional gift and retail company that connects entrepreneurs with new customers. Due to the company's success, Davidson has twice been named a most admired CEO by the National Business Journal. Both Davidson and his companies have appeared in numerous media outlets, including the New York Times, Southern Living, the Boston Globe, NPR, and USA Today. A sought-after speaker, he frequently speaks on topics such as leadership, entrepreneurship, and community service to audiences at colleges and conferences around the United States. He is the author of three books, New Day Revolution, 50 Things Your Life Doesn't Need, and Simplify Your Life. He graduated from Samford University and lives in Nashville with his family. So welcome, Sam. Thank you. Happy to be here. Appreciate you taking time. Yeah. So if you don't mind, just tell us a little bit about what you're talking about today at Building Best Practices. Absolutely. So here at this conference, we're talking about kind of three different things. Uh, The first thing we talked about uh, earlier today was um, this idea of servant leadership. And so I shared the 11 hallmarks of servant leadership that Robert Greenleaf developed. So Greenleaf is kind of thought of as kind of the modern father, like the guru of servant leadership. The University of Madison, uh, Wisconsin at Madison has the Greenleaf Center for Servant Leadership named after him. So we unpack those for both leaders, current leaders, aspiring leaders. Hey, which of these 11 do you really embody well? Which 11 do you, which, which of these do you need to work on? Uh, and so folks left with kind of that new um, <clears throat> set of tools in their toolbox. We also talked about the idea of what I call better together, meaning building alliances and teams with other people based on values, not just based on convenience, in order to accomplish more. And so what are the ways that we can start connecting with people and building those teams? I think it starts with a shared passion or talent, uh, and then that leads to shared goals and outcomes. And then the last thing we talked about was how to simplify your life, but really talking about how can those of us who provide care to others make sure we care for ourselves. And so uh, my approach to that is I talk about four different types of balance and how we really, when we're talking about being stressed or being pulled in different directions is because part of our lives feel out of balance. And so some ways that we can start getting back into balance uh, in our lives so that we can help those that we serve even more. Great. That's a lot of really good information you're sharing. (laughs) Um, I had the pleasure of attending your Better Together this morning. Really enjoyed it. Took lots of great notes from it, too. Um, So you talked a lot about passion and using your passions and your talents together. How do you feel that translates into us as early interventionists going out into homes and helping these families with their children? So I think a lot of early interventionists got into the work because of some kind of passion. Um, Certainly there are the perks that 
are provided with any job, so you can earn money to pay for your life. But uh, what's really cool about a lot of the folks I've met here is there is some underlying passion to help others. Uh, some folks have some kind of personal connection or story. So I talked to a couple of parents who wish they would have had an early interventionist. So now they're into the work to make sure there aren't more people like them. And so from that passion, if that's kind of our base or our point of departure, uh, that is something that can keep us going when things get hard, because definitely this is a profession where there are going to be hard days, maybe even hard weeks or hard months. But that passion, that that remembering what it is internally that keeps us moving, keeps us going, keeps us doing the work when it gets difficult is a key point of differentiation, I think, in this field versus some other jobs. And then because it is a job, you've got to overlay a talent on that passion. You can't survive by passion alone. And so by having a, a talent, a core talent, and folks shared that some of their talents were empathy or listening or tact or building relationships. And so when you've got that level of talent combined with the passion, then I think you're set up for success in this field. Perfect. Another, um, I know you did a talk on self-care, which is a big part of this job is leaving work at work and not carrying home a lot of what you see throughout the day. So what are some of the tips you gave during, during that talk? So when I, I talk about self-care, uh, I really talk about balance because I think a lot of times, uh, while part of it, I think sometimes self-care gets reduced to go get a massage, take a nap, light a candle, and those things can certainly help. Those are great quick fixes, or for some people, that's a great kind of baseline. At the end of the day, they need to have a discipline, a practice to kind of reset because obviously, as you know, work can be pretty intense some days. Um, but really, when we're talking about long-term practices of self-care, we're talking about being in balance. And so there's several things that compete for our attention, our time, our effort every single day, no matter what world we're in. But, but being in a caring profession, and then also being a part of a family, whether that's a spouse, a parent, a child, a brother, sister, whatever your role is, and often multiples of those, there's a lot of things in life competing for your time and attention. And that's just normal. That's every day. And so if we can, for example, balance between the internal expectations, what we want for ourselves today, and the external expectations, what a family, what our boss, what our spouse might need from us today, when we can make sure those are in sync, we will feel more balance and less stress. Some days are going to be high external expectations. There's just a list of stuff we got to get through for other people and we're happy to do it. Some days are going to be high internal expectation and we've got a mental health day, a me day, a, a vacation day uh, where we can totally do it for ourselves. But most of us are going to live on a year-to-year -year basis in between those two. And if we start to notice that, gosh, we're really focused on ourselves too much, that's not actually going to make us as happy as we like to think it is. Ditto for when we focus on others too much. And so we've got to make sure we do the work to stay in balance. Certainly then part of that as an example is doing the sort of traditional self-care things we think about to, to decompress mm -hmm. from the day. Uh, but ultimately, I think it's about balance. Thank you. And then your other talk was on servant leadership. Mm -hmm. Can you give us just a brief, for those of us who didn't get to attend that one, what servant leadership, how is that different from other types of leadership you may hear about? Absolutely. Obviously, leadership is a topic that has been written about and dissected and, and talked about a lot. And one of my favorite 
approaches or points of departure when it comes to leadership is the idea of servant leadership. So Robert K. Greenleaf is someone who wrote about this extensively. And so he's got a, a big book called Servant Leadership. He's got a much smaller kind of digestible version, more like a pamphlet called The Servant as Leader. But basically what he spent a lot of his life researching was, let's call it these big social movements, but he looked at history and said, look, <clears throat> how things got done, how movements happened, how changed happened, what were the hallmarks of leaders who helped get that done? And for him, it was this notion of servant leadership, meaning that those in charge weren't there to, quote, be in charge or to uh, lord it over or take control of those that they were in charge of leading. Rather, they looked at their leadership role from a service standpoint. So it wasn't, how can I lead these people? It was, how can I serve these people? And obviously, with early intervention being a discipline, a field where you are out serving families, a lot of these principles can uh, be employed with those families on a one-on-one -on -one basis. But then if you're leading a team of interventionists or if you're leading an organization that is out providing services, these characteristics can also come in handy. So Greenleaf, throughout his work, he, he <clears throat> distilled it down to 11 core characteristics. So things like empathy, uh, growth mindset, um, stewardship is another example, listening. And so <clears throat> these 11 characteristics, I wish I had them all, all the time. Uh, great servant leaders may exhibit all of them at different points in time. Really good servant leaders may be really good at a few of them and need work on others. And so it's an evolving process. But um, that idea of going to work and saying, how can I help these people today? It can be a drastically different mindset than how can I meet the bottom line or meet the demands of this grant or uh, appease the board all the time. It's a different mindset when you get to work every day as a leader. That's great. I really appreciate all three of these topics are very applicable to us as professionals in this field. A lot of times we're so focused and I need to learn mm -hmm. more how to help my families, but I yeah. like that these focus on, okay, this is how I can help myself to better serve the families I serve. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate all of that. Um, one last question for you. This morning you had everybody share a talent. What is your secret hidden <laughs> talent? <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if it's a, a hidden talent, uh, whether it is a uh, hidden talent, uh, I would say I, when I was very young, I learned to say the alphabet backwards very oh. quickly. It's never really served me well other in situations like this. Uh, <laughs> but a bigger talent that I had folks share was, um, <clears throat> for me, it would be, I think, the talent of storytelling. And so mm -hmm. the ability to tell a story, whether it's to my daughter at night at bedtime or um, to motivate an employee or when I get the chance to be on a stage. For me, I've always loved story, whether it's seeing it on a screen or on a stage or reading about it in a book. Just the idea of story, I think, can transform, can inspire so many people. I've had the chance to perfect and grow that talent over time, and so it's always exciting to come to places like this and get to use it. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you being here today. Is there anything else you want to add? or? No, I don't think so. Again, I appreciate the time, and if, if folks want to learn more about these topics, I've written about them a lot on my website, which is samdavidson.net. They can go to uh, and check those out, but... Any of these, I, I firmly believe with us, whatever we do, a lot of it's a process, a process towards building alliances, a process towards self-care, or a process towards servant leadership. Well, thank you so much. You bet.